Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hey everyone, and welcome to the MCU Lorecast. I'm Captain Shenko. And I'm Psych88. And we're back at you with another patron chat. Yes, indeed. Joining us once again is our good friend Penguin. Hello, everyone. So today we've got a really, really fun topic of discussion. Of course, very recently we have had the release of Secret Invasion. And today is going to be our first reaction to that. I'm excited to dive in. If you're looking for a spoiler-free zone, sorry, lovelies, you are in the wrong place. Yeah, because, uh, man, do I have opinions, as as my wife would say, with a capital O. I have, I have very big opinions on it. Um, but we're going to start with uh, our guest. So, uh, Penguin, what were... What were your thoughts going in and what what were your first thoughts upon seeing the episode? Well, going in, I I kind of had higher hopes because uh secret invasion stuff between the comics and the animated shows has always been some of my favorite stuff cuz I really like that kind of concept and like even in like sci-fi in general. So, I I was really hoping for like higher quality and honestly so far I I'm fairly happy with what they did in the first episode apart from some things <laughs> I think you know exactly what I mean uh yes and trust me we we could probably fill about 20 minutes of me uh talking about that one uh which we probably will um okay so yeah like going into it i i had the similar thoughts of it's very it was marketed very much as a spy thriller and i i did some like extra digging and you know it turns out that this secret invasion you know 
writers were told don't even pick up the comic book it's got nothing to do with it we want you to capitalize on the uh relationship developed by uh mendelson and jackson in in captain marvel so like all of this is like it's like a spiritual sequel to captain marvel okay fine i get it um you know when we get into it and my first immediate thoughts are um how did we get here and i i mean i get the feeling that's going to be explored throughout the season but i really want to know where it was that danvers dropped the ball because the whole point the whole point of her leaving at the end of captain marvel was to go help the scrolls find a new planet obviously that didn't happen so what went wrong i I shouldn't have put it on her foot like i shouldn't have said how did she drop the ball but i would really like to know what went wrong it does seem a a bit like the universe fell into this It, it we are now discovering that so many of the people that we've seen in recent films are actually skulls in disguise. I could probably go through a laundry list of characters that, you know, that those, that, that falls under. Uh, what were your thoughts on, on all of that and the discoveries? Because it, it, there was very little lead up for anything. It's like, here we are. And now that's happening. Uh, well, I, I do like the concept of scrolls have, being been in place for a while because that would kind of that would kind of uh make it easier to explain some of the shall i say different parts of certain movies that kind of would would otherwise make things that happen more straightforward i guess instead of like like what? Like, like where do you see point, a scroll interference? Like say maybe in Hydra. Okay. Um Yeah, something like that. Like someone that would make it uh harder for the heroes, I suppose. Because they, they have, like they have been in touch with Fury and Danvers, I guess. Mm. Okay. So if we if we take the idea that not all the scrolls left at the end of Captain Marvel, uh, which means that somewhere in what was that the whenever True Lies came out on on DVD on tape, um, in the nineties. Scrolls also joined the human populace. Okay, so well, I mean, it seems like they should have just been laying low, not doing anything. But there's the possibility that this this organization that's being presented here, this terrorist organization of scrolls looking for a planet to call their own, um, they decided we're going to start moving our people up the ranks. And so, you know, you, that means you get people in positions of power, which is the entire point. Uh, yeah, one of those people is our, our guy, Everett Ross, who we saw 
pretty recently in our show, at least when we talked Black Panther. Yeah, I it is not clear to me. When. How long has that been? Because yeah. like you would think that while they were in Wakanda using all of their crazy vibranium science, superhero science technology, they'd be like, hey, I understand that. I mean, he was injured, so I think he would probably not hold on to his form. So was he still Everett Ross during the events of Black Panther or was he a scroll and he's just really, really good? Or mm. did he get replaced at some point? After that, what was the deal? When was the timeline on this and and how long has it been happening? I suppose that parallels the confusion of who is who in the comics with this storyline. But considering that within the series, there's not really been setups, kind of like how they didn't really set up Hydra happening. It's just a plot contrivance. Mm. It's all very convenient. So one of the big things about the comics... The, the comic secret invasion is that scrolls can't replicate powers. Uh, that was supposed to be one of the, like their, their power is shape-shifting. So like they could take the place of mystique and that really wouldn't take, that wouldn't be much effort. Um, but outside of anyone else, they can't stretch or anything. And and the point, like the super scroll, uh, the scroll that somehow attained the powers of all four of the fantastic four like that was an achievement well outside of scroll biology. And so the idea that the scrolls were uh, taking the places of other heroes in indetectable ways that magic and science and nothing else could, uh, could figure out that this person was no longer who they said they were. They were a scroll because they had full memories. They had full abilities. It, there was, it was a seamless transition. So we kind of get a little bit of that in this first episode where we see the uh, sim machines, you know, they, they hook people up to them, pull their memories, and then scroll somehow osmosis it through their hand or something, but they got to keep the host alive. So superhero science. Yes. So assuming the host still has to remain alive would mean that Ross is somewhere on that compound, hopefully. Because I will admit, one of the things I was really annoyed about was the waste of big names on it. Um, because our our guy Ross, he bites it in the opening opening moments. Um, speaking of the opening moments, <laughs> Penguin, what did you think of the intro? The generated intro oh you mean like the uh opening yeah yeah the the credit the opening credits part i i thought that was pretty interesting i did a little bit of reading on on this and they justified using ai art in the opening to show a parallel between the scrolls replacing actual people within the universe I'm I'm just really glad that in the shots where there are hands visible, the AI did realize that people have five fingers for the most part. Because typically when you do AI art, you end up with like eight fingers on one hand and like weird things happening with joints and maybe not good proportions sometimes. But it, it does, 
I, I don't know how I feel about it, at least from especially, or especially, I think, considering the things going on with the writers guilds, mm-hmm. taking the opportunity away from an artist to have their big break making a cover scroll for a big name like a Marvel production by utilizing a company that specializes in AI generated art, which is crowdsourced. So they could be ripping directly from artists without having to give credit. Yeah, I, I'm, I've become very much like when AI art first hit, I thought it was really nifty. And, you know, I was on discord, we created a whole channel and you could put in submissions and you had your like 25 freebies or whatever. And we all did it. And we all thought it was fun for a little while. And then, and then artists quotation started popping up guys and who just typed in prompts and got something generated for them. And they said, ah, I have created this. I am artist. And it's like, no, no. And now we have, we have the biggest name probably in entertainment history doing the same thing and not having to pay uh, artists to do it. They just they have an intern sit down, type out a uh, green alien background of noir type or, or something, you know, whatever you need to type in to generate, uh, to generate it. And then they just use those images in a sequence to create the opening intro took maybe what two hours three hours that's 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 disgusting to me um so i'm not like if you were using it for concept and you're if you're having a hard time figuring out what how the elements needed to come together if that's the tool that's what you're supposed to use the tool for um but you don't take your first draft and throw it up out there and go, yeah, I'm done. That's it. It just, it looked hackneyed. It looked cheap to me. And the House of Mouse and and Marvel, they could pay, they can pay for that. They could pay better for that. And a series like Secret Invasion deserves, deserves to have all hands on the deck for that. And not just... And I'll just type something in here real quick and we'll just throw these images together and call it good. Yeah, it they they really don't need to be cutting corners in general, but especially on a series like this where they're I imagine this is a fairly low budget series because they're not having all sorts of heroes with different powers and stuff. So they don't have to use an extreme amount of CGI or anything like that. So I imagine they're saving a lot of money that way. So having to cut corners on the art really, it's it's just, uh, it's not yeah. great. And the climate we exist in now too, with Marvel being the absolute medium megalith that it is, they can afford it. Mm-hmm. That's what makes me angry about that is there's no reason for them to cut a financial corner when it doesn't really matter what the budget is they're marvel they're gonna make it back it's almost a guarantee and they have enough outer media it, despite paying big names like samuel L. jackson martin freeman and, and everyone else that appears in this series they can afford it 
And that's what it boils down to is it was a choice. Mm-hmm. It was a choice to cut the corner. All right. So to take us off the AI for a little while, um, what did you think of of Nick Fury's return, Penguin? Like, was was he who we thought he would be? Now, I, I I think he, I think he will become who we thought he will be by the end of the series. Mm-hmm. I, I think as he is now from the first episode, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of what some people expected him to be. After, between. Uh, what happened during the Thanos snap and afterwards him leaving Earth. Mm -hmm. I think when he came back, that's kind of what people expected. People weren't really expecting him to be as he was from, say, the first Avengers. Right. Yeah. Um, I definitely got that feeling. Like, even even his, his old frenemies were all just like, (laughs) <laughs> how how are how are you nick fury like uh his frenemy uh i can't remember the character's name but played by played brilliantly and probably continue to be uh by olivia coleman uh was just was just like <laughs> get out of my office like i'm going to treat you to some really bad bourbon I'm going to tell you nothing because you don't give me anything and you are supposed to be Nick Fury. Now he was being a little tricksy with it, but he still just like his interrogation was sloppy and it was telegraphed. Now I don't know if that was on like supposed to be like he was like, he was telegraphing it to like be a parent about it or like, because he's just rusty. I can't, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard to ter- determine because we, we've kind of seen him in the past, like purposely give things away to mm-hmm. be two steps ahead. But he also has sort of gotten a bit sloppy. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's kind of hard to tell what it actually is. So yeah, uh, um, now as for kind of how he gets there, we have another big waste. And what did you think of the last two minutes of the show, Penguin? Like, what were what are your thoughts? Oh, oh my god, we could probably waste another twenty minutes on this. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> This this has to be one of the biggest biggest wastes in Marvel in MCU history, and that's saying something considering how many villains they kill off after one movie. Mm-hmm. Crossbones, bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, Ed Shanko from out of left field, crossbones. <laughs> they they. It seems like as they start getting better at 
building characters up and keeping them in a fairly good spot. They they shoot them down. Mm-hmm. Pun yeah. intended. Just, just when you think that your favorite is safe, they get violently ripped away from you in spectacular fashion for what? Shock factor? Or... Shock, yeah. And just... to facilitate the uh, male protagonist's growth and change. Um, we are talking about the apparent death of Maria Hill at the end of the first episode here. And like, even I, I, I'm annoyed. I was very annoyed by it. My, my wife had to suffer about 20 minutes of my tangent on that. Um, Can so we much get so- a recap. Can we get a play by play of the tangent? Because I, I know that you have feelings about comic book Maria Hill, but I think the general consensus is that the fan base and, and we like Colby Smulders as Maria Hill and how they decided to, pull her back a little bit from the ice queen woman that she is to be just a very serious secret agent with heavy loyalty to Nick Fury in, in general and to kill her off at the end of an episode just to progress someone else's storyline is it's it's a massive and it's an egregious waste I think mm-hmm. and, and of the talent as well like always wasting people just for that Marvel stop it yeah um, now I will admit i checked imdb real quick uh and she is listed for four episodes now whether that's flashbacks or a scroll simon her or or her being back is unclear it's 100 percent up in the air no idea i just know that according to imdb she is slated for four out of the six episodes one of them was the opening so we get three more and yes the consensus is i i i love this version of maria hill she's the best version um i mean admittedly we have like what three across the various things i can think of um like an animated maria hill we've got the comics maria hill and we've got the mcu um but all that said yes uh the while she's not put in a refrigerator the trope is women in refrigerators um started the name comes from uh kyle renner finding her finding his girlfriend dead in his refrigerator and her death was primarily only for kyle to grow as a green lantern that was that was the whole point of killing her off was to make kyle a better character and I see that parallel very much here. We've got Nick Fury down and out, limping around, seemingly two steps behind everybody else, whereas he used to be ahead. And earlier in the episode, he had met up with Hill for, I guess, their monthly chess game or something that had been put on hold between the blip and everything else. And even she's like, you're not ready. You are not who you who i would have followed you're not being nick fury and then not five minutes later i mean everything's going to hell uh the lead scroll they're tracking down uh transforms into fury gets the drop on her shoots her in the stomach and leaves her for dead fury finds her has to leave her behind she bleeds out 
uh, uh, seemingly bleeds out, I should say. And so, yeah, her death is there to get Fury to pull his head out of his butt and and make him back into Nick Fury. And there could have been a hundred other ways to do that than to kill off a character that we really haven't gotten a whole lot of. I think her best... I think her best bit was in um, Winter Soldier, where she had to save the proto-team Cap from being captured by... uh, uh, the strike force and after that she really is just kind of like hopping around behind fury not doing a whole lot and so yeah i really thought this would be a like as a spy thriller she's one of the head spies heck yeah let's see her be a badass yeah and we don't have widow we don't have widow anymore we've got a new widow but you know she's not really you know she's neither here nor there and then You've got Maria Hill, who the fans like, who can, has all the capabilities of, of what you need for this series, because I agree with you. I think Winter Soldier was her best outing because we actually got to like see her doing a couple of things and being her, not just you know Nick Fury's second. Mm-hmm. And the, like I think when you mentioned the Winter Soldier, I think back to that that bit where she's controlling the helicarriers and she's about to have them blow each other up and cap is still on and and she's saying you know steve i can't you know you need to get out of there right now and he goes no go ahead and do it and she goes but and he says no do it and she has to make that choice that was a very vulnerable moment for and we don't get enough of those for that character of maria hill because we get badass and we get serious and we get loyal but we don't get vulnerable and this could have been a great chance to give her those moments and instead Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Penguin, you uh you've been unmuted for a while. You had thoughts. Yeah, I I, I just think that uh, honestly when when I heard that she was going to be in the series alongside Nick Fury, I I honestly was hoping for like a I guess buddy cop esque mm. spy thriller deal and I I don't know I I hope we get a little bit more of that if she is actually in like her herself not a scroll is in future episodes but I don't know it's it, it is such a waste in general right all right so yeah uh as a hundred percent true all right, we're coming up on the end of our time here, so I'm going to open it up for speculation. Where do we want this to go? Um, Penguin, I'm going to let you go first, and then and then Shenko. I I'm hoping that uh, I know I know that it's not supposed to be in anywhere, but I'm hoping we see a a little bit of Carol Danvers, maybe. Because she is a major part of the scrolls from her time with them as well. And we'll, I imagine we'll probably see a little bit of them in the Marvels, but I, yeah. I think it would be a good 
a good tie-in. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah. I think considering that this Skrull's storyline has seemed very contrived and very forced throughout its addition to the MCU, you know, magically, okay, these people are Skrulls. Okay, you didn't set any of that up, but okay, whatever. We're gonna, this is the place where we exist. I would like to see them just clean up all the loose ends that that creates and tell us where the actual people are and how we get them back and how they're going to play in the in the landscape now that they have been impersonated by the lizard people so to speak <laughs> all right yeah yeah um and uh i think my two big things are one i would like to see where war machine is going to fit in more because he had one scene in this the entire first episode one scene and to, just to give more exposition to another character who's only in it for one scene um maybe that one character which was the president of the united states isn't who they say they are and you know that information drop was important for the enemy or something who knows uh, so i want to know where he's coming in and i get to feel like he's going to be our biggest superhero is going to be war machine on this one um to bounce off of penguin's idea earlier i get the feeling the buddy cop aspect is going to be brought up between fury and talos uh rather than hill unfortunately uh which is seems to be the entire point of making this series as it is i also want stuff tied up like i really want to know how did we get to this point here and uh and finally, I want to know kind of how this, uh, obviously we're going to find out how it ends, but the president stated here is not the president that's being listed in the upcoming Captain America, it's, who's supposed to be President Ross, which I have. We have feelings. Woof, thoughts on that. Um, but if we already have a standing president and it's not because of the blip that Ross got to be president in the next Captain America movie, how does Ross get to become president? That's a that is a big like reaching out there kind of thought for you know. Uh, just, so it's where I'm kind of thinking that our president might be a scroll. Uh, <laughs> but beyond all of that, um, yeah, it so would have had to be a death that upped Ross into the presidency because let's be real. Who was going to vote for that guy after all of his egregious failures throughout <laughs> throughout the series? Clearly, he still has a job, so they're unhinged. And mm -hmm. it's just as crazy in the fictional world as it can be in real life. Yeah. yeah. Penguin? Yeah. Ross is going to be in the Thunderbolts, right? Yes. I think, I think that might be where that whole bit with him becoming president takes place I, that because with that team some important people dying might not be out of the question <laughs> yeah um, i mean the thunderbolts is sort of the suicide squad for for marvel and also marvel loves its interconnectivity bs um and so having a team called the thunderbolts and you have a leader character named thunderbolt ross running around like 
it's not that hard of a stretch for me to believe for a second uh, that Marvel wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Thunderbolt Ross puts together the team and they're called the Thunderbolts. Like, it, that is like hackneyed eighth grade level of writing, but I fully believe Marvel would do it in a heartbeat. Let be like me developing a fan base and calling them the Shankos. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> it's cringe. <laughs> And yet, Marvel's very good at cringe, as we've as we've seen. All right. Well, that is it for our first thoughts and our speculations and everything. Um, Penguin, where can people find you to talk about all this great stuff? What are you up to? Uh, I am in the Robots Radio Discord. I, I you, you I'm usually in the MCU Lorecast channel talking about comic books and such all right um and shanko well you can also find me as the host of the fight space i've recently brought on my good friend ruben marvelous vargas and uh, he's doing a great job killing it as the co-host giving me someone to uh bounce ideas off of with that show it's a female-led martial arts podcast where we deep dive into everything surrounding combat sports and get to tell the stories of the people that exist within that world and it's just been incredible recently did a karate combat event and had a lot of fun there so keep an eye out on social media and psych you've got stuff going on yes i'm on the blue shift uh tabletop rpg podcast uh utilizing fate system Episodes drop the first Friday of the month. I am also starting an audio drama with Scyther Audio. You should check out their work. Uh, First episode goes in September. And I want to give a big thank you to our patron, uh, all of our patrons, but, you know, especially Penguin again for joining us and and supporting the show. And if you are feeling like you want to get in on the action, a link for the patron will be in the episode description as our tier four option. And so we would like to thank you all and bid you all a good night. Night, everyone. As we all know, when it comes to making a movie, there are a lot of people working behind the scenes to make that movie magic happen. And it is no different when making a podcast. Welcome to the credit section of the MCU Lorecast. Captain Shanko and I would like to personally thank the following for their incredibly hard work and faith in us to get this podcast rolling. Tom, the head of the Robots Radio Network, for hosting and mentoring. In 7 Legend of the Mass Effect Lorecast for inspiration. Genesis and Vervada of the Two Girls One Ship podcast for introducing us. Let's Not, a fellow tabletop gamer and friend for the amazing artwork. Pipe Men, a veteran and friend for the outstanding music our significant others for believing in and supporting us through this and you our fans without whom this would be a vanity project let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review on apple or a rating on spotify and to quote stand the man enough said are you a fan of elden ring are you confused about the lore as pretty much everyone else We've got you covered. Check out the Elden Archives 
a lore podcast that helps to explain every little confusing detail about the lands between. Things like what exactly happened on the Night of the Black Knives, or what we really know about characters like Mikola. Just like the show you're listening to now, we're on the Robots Radio Network, so you know it'll be good. Wondering how to find the show? Easy. Either go to robotsradio.net or search Elden Archives on whatever podcatcher you're using right now. Bookmark the show for later, and we'll see you in the lands between. Again, that's the Elden Archives, a FromSoft Lorecast, available everywhere.